Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. All right. Hey, Kat. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How's the weather in Tennessee? Hot, 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 hot. In fact, my, one of my friends that I play golf with, she's uh, British. And the other day, as we were playing, my hair got bigger and bigger and bigger. It looked like an impressive 1970s Afro. It would have been pretty hot if I had been in the 70s. And she kind of looked at me and she said, oh, you know, my hairstylist has this product that would help with your humidity hair. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't, I didn't think much about it. And so I looked in the mirror later on. It was scary. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's what she was talking about. That's funny. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the business of yoga. Most studio owners started out just as yoga teachers with everyone. Wouldn't you say that's true? Uh, From my experience in years, I'm pretty sure that's probably the case. Yeah. So for me, you've got to look at the whys first. Um, If you decide you want to start a business, you can't just go, you know what? I love yoga. I'm just going to share it with the world. (laughs) Oh, hell no. I'm sorry. But, you know, if you think you're going to get rich owning a yoga studio, think again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think again. It does not happen that way. And you have to really have a good, strong plan. But I think before you even start looking at all of those pieces, you got to look at the whys. Why do you want to start a business? Well, like when you think about yours and Lauren's story, when you first began, what lofty ideas did you have that all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work at all? (laughs) Well, you know, we just always wanted to work together and we kept trying to find something that we were good at that we could do. And as we were working towards what could we do together. I mean, we even thought about opening an olive oil store. We were looking at all kinds of stuff. But as we were talking about all these wonderful ideas, my little side gig yoga business just kept growing and kept, you know, doing better and better. And I only had it open five nights a week. Every once in a while, I would do a Saturday morning, but mostly it was in the evening, but it just kept growing. And Lauren and I were sitting around having a glass of wine talking about, oh my gosh, what could we do? She's like, you know, do yoga. You already have a business and you're doing well with it. And that really kind of scared me a little bit because to take it from being just a little side business, I mean, I've always been in the fitness industry, but after I got my master's degree in business, I kind of dismissed fitness and other things. And so then to all of a sudden look at it as a true business, I thought of it that way. So it was kind of cool to, to get all the way around that. Full circle. Yeah. And so like mine, not necessarily that same, you know, story instead, you know, I was raised in, uh, in a family owned business For us, it was really all we as kids ever knew was being your own boss and, Mm -hmm. you know, having that like mentality inbred, you know, business was a thing that, you know, I went to school, that was my major math and business, right? And, you know, that was, that was how I, how I saw the world was with numbers. So for me to move into a business that ended up being a business of service, that took a change in my own life 
right? I had to come to a place where doing yoga and being in service was really going to be a component of my life. And then I used my business tools to build it into something. But Mm -hmm. you would have asked me when I was 25, you're going to own a yoga studio someday, I would have told you flat out, no, that's never going to happen. That's (laughs) never going to happen. Like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be rich and do numbers for the rest of my life. No idea that, you know, someday I was going to be, you know, doing Reiki and have having clients come to see me for, you know, improving their life and getting more emotional care and the like. So I I would never have said I saw this as a plan. But once I put the wheels down and started to build it into a plan, having business backgrounds like you and I had probably makes it a little bit easier than someone who, you know, comes out of yoga teacher training and is like, I love this. I want to have a business. Okay, what's your experience with having a business? Like, let's talk about the nuts and bolts. And I think that's the direction you and I are going to head with this conversation. But, you know, one thing that was funny to me when we first opened this business, we joined the Chamber of Commerce and a couple of people came up and said, oh, my gosh, it must be nice just to get to do yoga all day. And I was I just laughed. and I was like, that would be nice if I just got to do yoga all day. That would be (laughs) they would just look at like this is still a business. We still have tons of paperwork. We have rent. We have all the hard parts of a business. It just happens to be called yoga. You know, well, and the other component that I don't think people realize that's really tricky for yoga businesses to overcome is that we can't do yoga 24 seven. Like you can sell, you know, pharmaceuticals out of a CVS at a 24 hour drive through or McDonald's until 2am We have prime time for doing yoga. And then the rest of the time we have overhead when our facilities are sitting empty. If we don't know or have a good business plan on how to use that space in those downtimes. So there's more to it than, wow, you just get to do yoga. Um, People don't do yoga all day, every day. It just that, that doesn't pay the bills. And although we would love for people to do that, it's not reality when it comes to running a yoga business. Well, and I think for people that really and truly start a business because they just want to share yoga with the world, they need to just be a teacher. If they don't like the parts of the business that are not fun, the spreadsheets, the building workshops, the paying the bills, the hiring of the instructor, if they don't like that part, then start out just by being a teacher first. And, see and it's not even just the hiring, but it's the icky part of firing. It's the icky part of somebody called in sick and you've got 14 people standing at the studio wanting a yoga class. And now what are you going to do? Because you're an hour from your facility. Mm, yeah. So there's there's the not great stuff. It's the paying the taxes. It's having the right insurance and knowing, oh, gosh, I don't just need this. I need renters. I need liability. I need I need a business license. I need this. I mean, it's all of the certification. Notifications. It's all of the hoops you have to jump through and you have to know all the pieces before you just jump in. Yeah. And there's not a lot of tools out there really to help you get started. And everyone's business is a little bit different. That has been a hard pill for Lauren and I to stomach is here we have an hour or two in the morning, hour or two in the evening. And the rest of the day, our business stays closed. And that has been very hard. And we've tried different little things. But, you know, it's it's harder to do that with a yoga studio. But, you know, one thing that someone needs to, you, if you're going to start a business, and you're going, okay, whatever, I'm going to do this. Then I would really sit down and look at all of the pieces. Go, 
business. I mean, what's your background? You know, you and I both have a business background. We both have worked in corporate America, but even that doesn't really prepare you for the emotions that come with a yoga studio. Yeah, there's stress to go with it. Well, I think one of the things that a person needs to do before having a yoga business is to become certified. People see that yoga is big business right now. I mean, it's over a $5.7 billion industry. So it's big business. And a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, and saying that jumping on the bandwagon as even having weekend certifications and all of a sudden presto change you're a certified yoga instructor. That's not the kind of, if you want to have a good, strong business, you need to have a good, strong certification to back you up. And it's not really mandatory in most states. Now in your state, it is, isn't it? Well, for us to have a yoga school, in addition to our yoga classes, we have to be licensed through the Minnesota Board of Education for higher education. So yeah, there is even more stringent requirements. So you can't just do a weekend seminar, feel like you aren't enough to teach a class because yoga is different in a lot of ways than other business. A lot of times the people that come to yoga are already broken, quote unquote, in some way from a previous activity that they loved, you know? And so you have to know how to work around their injuries, but you also have to know where your limitations are. You're not a doctor, you're not a physical therapist, but you have people that come to you that want you to be. There's just so many different little things that having a good, strong certification will help you. Yeah, for sure. Like that's, that's your basis for it. And then, then it is now that you have the certification and you feel like you're qualified to teach some classes. Now it's, do you need to take some business classes? Do you need to sit down with a lawyer and write up a business plan? Oh, wait, I have to pay a lawyer to do that? Do you know, do I need, do you need to create articles? Are you going to be an LLC? Are you going to be a C Corp? What, what are you going to be? Do you even know what those mean? Do you know how the taxation is going to work for those things? Do you have a plan for taxation? Are you going to charge sales tax? Are you going to charge a flat rate and then pay back sales tax out of the backside? Do you have a plan? There's more to it than, you know, in the state of Minnesota, for now, we are still allowed to play to pay our teachers as subcontractors, but that's not going to last for much longer. And then we're going to have to hire them as employees. And if you hire them as employees, have you considered what's your compensation plan? Are you going to get licensed for workers' compensation? I mean, you're not going to, you're, you're going to be forced to like, right? So there's, you know, so many more pieces to it. I'm just throwing out all of the things that are going to come up. And I mean, we could sit and create a laundry list, but half of this is experimentation. Like how many times did we do something and all of a sudden we get a phone call and we're like, oh, I didn't know I needed to do that. Like, hey, you have to have a music license. I was in business for two plus years before I was combated by the need to have a music license. And I was like, what do you mean a music license? I didn't know you needed to have a music license. So, I mean, I've learned lessons probably every week of every year that I've been in business, I've learned a new lesson. And most of the time, they're hard lessons. Exactly. But I mean, you know, always growing, always learning. So 
I, you know, I definitely believe that everyone has to have a business plan and it has to be a written one. It can't be, oh, I have a plan in my head. It doesn't have to be long or scary. You really and truly can download a business that everyone has to talk to a lawyer, but it's probably not a bad, uh, not a bad idea to do that. You do have to decide how to designate yourself, but you can have a nice, good business plan that will walk you through all of that. But to just fly by the seat of your pants and not know and you know, you can't know it all and you don't want to be scared from trying to start a business, but to just go, oh, I love yoga and I'm going to teach it. You, you do need to really research what that means. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. A business plan is huge. And part of that business plan is, you know, really taking the time to dissect things like what will your niche be? Who are going to be the players in your your business party? You know, what are going to be the resources? You know, what are going to be your offerings? What are you going to charge for prices? What's your pricing and paying scheme going to be? Like, what's the finances going to look like? Who are the demographics? Who are the people that are going to come? What are they going to be willing to pay? Like you and I talked about, you know, pricing even just when I was going to come to your studio and just the demographics of the locations, our pricing schemes are very different. You wouldn't be able to come to Minnesota and have the same business plan. You would have to modify it. Likewise, I wouldn't be able to take my plan and bring it to Tennessee and operate it the same way. It will have to be modified to suit the demographics that are around you. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it does matter for the size of town you're in also. Matters for the size of town. It matters. Are you on the East Coast or the West Coast? I, I mean, you and I have talked of being part of business groups that we're part of. You know, the pricing scheme out on the East Coast is substantially different than what you and I are charging. Like there's just a huge difference between a drop in of $25 versus a drop in of $15. That's that's 166% growth. And that's simply by location. Look at you throw those out there. <laughs> right? That's what I do. That's how my brain works. I count. I count all day, every day. I can't help it. I drive down the road. I count cones. I count cars. I count. My mom and I were talking about this the other day, and she said, I count too. I count all the things. I'm like, yep, yeah, I can't. I could have seen that calculator in your eyes going crazy when you're calculating that. <laughs> I'm a counter. It's it's funny. Yeah, that's awesome, though. I, I think it I think it makes me a very balanced yoga teacher because you'll never have me have you do the right side longer than the left side because I count both sides. <laughs> well, now speaking of that thing that you need to have when you're thinking about starting a business is you need to be focused. Really have to be focused. It's not, you know, going to a rave or having a yoga retreat. It's a true business focused. You need to be organized. You need to be able to manage your time. You need to have calendars and then have calendars for your calendars and notepads and little post-it notes and whatever it is helps you to get your stuff done. I'm not even going to take a picture of my desk today. I've got so many... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but, you know, there's also like, it kind of goes back to that, you know, what's your intention? Like, what is it that you want for your business? Like, right, I, you know, wrote this on my notes. I'm like, so you think you want to start a business? You think you want to start a business? Well, check in with your intentions and your plans. First of all, find someone who's willing to play devil's advocate for you and really come at you. Like, do you actually have a solid plan? Or when they ask you those trying questions, 
Do you crumble and say, oh, I guess I don't even know what I would do in that case. What are you going to do when a customer comes in pissed and they want their money back? What are you going to do when a teacher comes to you and says, well, I want to raise because I'm doing this, that, or the other thing. What are you going to do, you know, when these things happen? Like, what's the plan? And nobody wants to have to always consistently play devil's advocate or the Debbie Downer. But in a business, if you don't always have that rumbling in the back of your mind, when shit comes down the pike, and I promise you it will, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a backup plan unless you've played all those scenarios out. The point I'm trying to make is that all good businesses have a person in their employ and you don't have to pay this person in your small yoga business, but every big, big conglomerate business has a person or a team of people that are there simply as problem solvers. But you know, you can't know everything that's going to happen, but if you can be prepared for as many things, it just helps. It's going to make your day go easier so that when stuff comes up, you're like, oh, I know what we're going to do right here. This, we already made a plan for this. Well, we none of us knew that COVID was going to happen. I had not planned for a pandemic. And look at how long it took us to recover. Yeah, oh, we're still not recovering. We're still recovering. Still um, recovering. When you are looking at doing a business, most people are like, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to do power yoga. I'm going to have some restorative. I'm going to do some yin. Maybe we'll throw in some of this and this and this. Maybe we'll have a personal trainer on the side. You can't be everything to everyone. You need to find your niche. You've got to decide what is going to be your focus. Now, if you have a few other side things, I mean, we have two bar classes a week. You know, are we a bar studio? No. Do we want to be a bar studio? No. But we do a little extra just for something different for people, uh, for some of the people. But for the most part, You know, we do yoga, yoga. We do yoga. That's a thing. And, you know, they always tell you when you're talking about finding your niche, it's really, really important for you to do what you're good at, because that's what you're also going to thrive at. And then once you've established that set of income, then you can start to add in, okay, now we're going to add another niche. Now we're going to add a yoga shop. Now we're going to add bar, right? But you didn't add bar the first year you were open. Most of the things, if you had too much on your plate the first year you were open, you knocked those things off your plate. Mm -hmm. You kept only the winners for the first year, maybe two years. And then you started to add tidbits back in. Mm -hmm. Well, and another thing, be patient. You have to be patient to be a business owner. And that's not just as a yoga business owner. That's as any business owner. You have to be patient. You've got to be organized. Most businesses don't become green in the first year unless you have, you know, just landed on some plum, which good luck. And I love that you're that lucky. But in the general yoga world, it takes three to five years really to become established, to make your name, to become profitable to a point that you could walk away comfortably, let someone else run it for you and know that you are comfortable in the background. But Set your mind to a three to five year plan. You're going to be busting your hump for three to five years. Yeah. And I mean, and that's a three to five year growing time where you really get to find out who you are as a studio owner. 
you will evolve. We all, when we open any business, we evolve, we change. Um, you have to build your clientele and you may start out and decide, you know, when I first open my, you know, ideal customer is a 35 year old woman with two kids that just wants to work out and get her body back in shape. That may be your per customer, but in five years, your customer may have changed drastically and you have to be organized enough and conscious enough and aware enough of who you're trying to attract. And I know we'll talk about this in part two, but that that helps tremendously when you go into marketing and advertising. So being aware of all those little tiny tidbits. And this is part of your business plan. Part of your business plan is knowing those components. So really a good business also rewrites their business plan every year because every year something is going to change. The market is going to change. A new competitor is gonna move into town. There is always going to be demographic change and you need to be able to change with it. This is kind of one of the things I wanted to bring up. So we're talking heavily about business plans and you think you want to own a yoga studio. And that's great. We encourage you like have at it. Like we support you. We salute you. This is what we love. And we have no, we are not afraid if you want to do you in your yoga studio either. We've also been down this road of fear of competition. Competition should make you feel stronger. And if it's knocking you down, you need to get to the nuts and bolts of why is competition scaring you? Competition mm -hmm. should encourage you. So one of the things I wanted to bring up is knowing the difference. And this is really important when it comes to a business is knowing the difference between a mission statement and your purpose statement, because in a business plan, you need both right? Your mission statement is a pronouncement that says, my organization is going to focus on this and this is what we're going to do. A mission statement says, I'm going to be a yoga studio to provide health and wellness to my city in Oak River, Minnesota, right? The purpose statement though, provides the reason why and what motivates your business to do this. We are doing this as a service to health and wellness for all people, all gender, all race, all religion. We are providing a safe place for people to come and work out. There is a difference between a mission statement and a purpose statement. Your mission statement is all about the business, your purpose statement is the why. It's what you were talking about initially. Why? No, exactly. Why do you want to do it? The yeah. mission statement is your 10 second elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. Your purpose statement is the, okay, I get what you're saying. Now tell me why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, another thing that new people considering opening a business need to think about as they need to feel comfortable asking for help. They need to seek out other professionals like a CPA, like a lawyer, other fitness businesses. You know, ask someone else, what do you think about your software? How do you, you know, how do you track your people? You know, you need to 
feel comfortable asking for help, find a manager. If you're going to be still working another job, you may need to hire a manager, but we'll get into hiring later. But, you know, you need to feel comfortable asking for help and not feeling like you're a superhero, that you can do everything. Yeah, getting comfortable with uncertainty and asking for help is a really big component. And this is part of your business plan. It's really knowing who the players are going to be and who are the players going to be. Even if it's, you know, your spouse, just someone that you can talk to in the evening about it, but also be able to differentiate that when I come home, I also want my spouse to be my spouse and my companion. But for five minutes, can I use you as a sounding board? And then we'll get back to real life and not just always bringing business into the house kind of thing. But it's knowing the players. Are you going to hire teachers? Are you going to have paid office staff? Are you how big? What's the size? Like, what are the goals? And it is going to change from year one to year five. You know, and the last thing I had really for today, and you may have more stuff. The last thing I had for today was test drive it if you can. You know, before you decide to jump into the business, you know, I started CatFit Yoga in 2011. It was just a side business as I worked on my master's degree in you know business and I continued it as a side business when I worked for the knowledge management company in Florida and it so I worked it as a side business for three years and and so that gave me a I mean and I'm not recommending everyone do that for three years I that's just what I did but it gave me a real feel for what it would feel like to own a business. And in theory, I did as well. Mine was out of my home, you know, in the form of doing privates, but it came to a point where I had had built up enough privates that I was like, okay, I could clearly put people into a room and be able to, you know, turn this into something a little bit larger scale than what I was doing privately out of my home. But again, it's, also knowing what are your resources? Do you know where you're going to be putting it? Are you going to be renting? Are you going to be owning? Is this going to be in your home? Is this going to be in a community space? Do you have the resources to do that? Do you need to take out a business loan? If you do take out a business loan, you will absolutely need to have a business plan because they won't even look at you at the bank unless you have a business plan and you have written out all of those contingencies. You've created budgets using those awesome spreadsheets that we love, right? But you have to be able to have that information because they're going to ask you, what are you going to do when you don't have enough income this month to pay the rent? What's the backup plan? Who's going to secure it while you're working on it? right? Where's that initial money going to come from? Those are the resources you really need to do your homework on. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are tons of people that are quitting their corporate jobs now and either moving to work in yoga studios or opening their own studios. So there's a lot to think about to help you be successful. And we have a lot more to cover. We do because next week's episode, we're going to talk about marketing. And now that you've decided you're going to do this and you got a business plan, how are you going to put it out there? How are you going to communicate it to the people that are out there? How are you going to get people in your door? Yeah. And we'll talk about networking with other businesses, maybe, maybe choosing, even choosing a location. That's a, that's a big one. Location, um, location, location. Exactly. 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 Include uh, parking, parking, parking. Cause if you don't have parking, people aren't going to walk to you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lots of things to consider. But that was it for today. <laughs> Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. 
on a pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast, and we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.